Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, October 17, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? What you see on the daily chart isn't necessarily representative of what happened today. We're going to talk through it, but it's very interesting what happens when you look at different time frames from different perspectives, what you see. What's the first thing that's jumping off the page on us at the daily chart is the running sideways underneath the convergence of the 150 period moving average. Nothing more, nothing less. Tomorrow happens to be somewhat of an on-time type of situation. Doesn't guarantee a move up. However, it is an on-time type of situation on the daily chart. What else do we see? What's jumping off the page? They tried once again to break out today to the upside. They weren't able to complete the task. And when I say complete, they still have an unfilled gap up here at 438.64. They got, I believe, above 438 today. The high today was 438.14. This way, they were able to screw two factions of traders today. Those trying to take the ride up to the gap. Those waiting for the gap to be filled to go on the other side of the market and short the gap for a pullback operation. Both factions of traders were screwed today. This is regular way options expiration week. Weird stuff happens. Not that that's that weird. It happens all the time. But what we do know during this week specifically is that the market is likely to go in both directions, not once, not twice, but several times. Just to lay out what we have on the chart, if she were to pop higher into the convergence of these moving averages, remember, 438.64 happens to be the high, pardon me, happens to be the gap. And if at any point she was able to push above the gap, the next place that would draw price in would be right around that big fat round number of 440. On the flip side, getting below today's low would be, shall we say, a potential trap door situation. Why do I say that today? Well, the main reason is this morning, the market had every opportunity to unravel. The choice was to go the other way. They never filled the gap. So they stopped short of the gap around 431.50, but came in between what? So there's a phenomenon that exists that I like to call the midpoint phenomenon. So when you can identify two important places, they could be Fibonacci retracements, they could be different pivots on the chart. They could be important numbers. And if they are in fact important numbers, and there's two of them, there's a midpoint in between the two, whether it's from whatever Fibonacci retracement or my numbers or somewhere in between, there's a phenomenon where the market has a tendency to stop around halfway home. That's what she did today. doesn't mean they won't continue down later, but generally speaking, that midpoint again today was interesting. You could see here, it was within pennies of stopping halfway in between a breakup candle low over here. 
That low was 433.57. Traders in the live room and inside the numbers were keen on this number. This was our bogey this morning. What do I mean by that? And you'll see this when we get to inside the numbers, but it's important from an intraday perspective to understand where we were. If they were going to give up that number, it opens the door for another couple of places. One, which you'll also see inside the numbers that actually worked today pretty darn well. The secondary number was the gap. And the flip side is, if they were to go recapture that same place, that breakup candle low, that was the light the match for the rescue operation. And you could see what happened. So we had traders that took the ride up. They didn't necessarily get all the way to the gap, but they certainly had profit along the way. We knew where the rescue operation slash squeeze potential would occur. The other interesting thing is when you look at the hourly chart, never closed a candle below the breakup candle low. You look at a two-hour chart, same routine. Jay ran a test, didn't fill the gap. That was a bullish move, never closed below, and they're right back where they've been for the last couple of days. And by the way, this little spike up and not filling the gap up here, in technical terms, that's called market chicanery. It's sponsored by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. They work for Trick and Company. Let's check out inside the numbers. Did anybody make any money today? If you did, post it under the video exactly what you did, how you did it. We like to know it helps the community. Little pullback operation overnight in the spirit of Turnaround Tuesday, and it certainly was a Turnaround Tuesday. Both turnaround from yesterday and then turnaround from the trapdoor situation this morning and then ensuing rescue operation. You could see right off the bat, as long as Mrs. Market stays above 433.57, that was that breakup candle low, the band can continue playing on. 436, that was basically yesterday's close. That's the bull pivot. They get above that, stay above that. That promotes another leg higher, which did happen for another two points on the SPY or 20 handles in the ES. The flip side of getting below 433.57 was the lower stuff. What's the lower stuff? 432.90 and then 431.55. That was the gap we saw before. But wait, there's more. Let's see what we have as the morning starts to mature. Where are they now? They started unraveling a little bit as the morning got closer to the opening bell. So they were down in the neighborhood of testing the breakup candle low. 433.57 is the spot. If they start getting and staying below, the door opens or begins to open for the next leg lower. 432.90 is important. Can stop the decline, but if below, the door opens for the gap. Not that much farther below, but 432.90 was important. And yes, we did have some traders hop on the long side early today. You can see what happened. The horizontal line is at exactly 432.90. We think better in pictures. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 432.90 and a bounce, a retest, spike the low, rip it back up in the other direction. The rest is history all the way up above 438. Funny how that works. You know the routine. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. That was all long before the opening bell. Got to know the whole picture. We're giving the just-in-caser stuff at about 9.07.
Here we go again. 433.57 is the bogey. Above and the Bulls can stage a rescue operation. Remember what happened when they got back above. They can bounce it at 432.90. And it was a higher risk play. Why? Because the gap was at 431.55. Very difficult to buy it halfway home in front of the gap. And what I did in the live room today, and this is very interesting, I almost did everything except beg traders not to short the market when it was already down, saying it's going to rip back up in the other direction more often than not before they get to the gap. And I said it multiple times, and there's no doubt we kept many, many traders out of trouble who would have normally shorted it to get down to the gap. It's not an easy trade. It's a very difficult trade. It doesn't work the large majority of time for the large majority of traders. I was almost standing on my head begging people not to do that. 931, bounce off 432.90. Overhead resistance is yada yada. It's all in here. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart and double check the work. Just wanted to highlight the fact that the numbers work. You can read the notes. If you're an intraday trader, you should be double checking the work. You should say, hey, is there something here that I could benefit from? Let me actually take the time to look at the numbers, look at the notes, read the commentary, look back on the charts, see what happened and say, hey, is there something here? You'd be surprised. And by the way, those traders that were long knew where to get out of the long. Where? Below 436 would not be good for the bull case. That was when they already ran up and opened the door for another shakeout operation. That was at 12.05. Market topped out about 12.30. And once they got below 436, it was lights out for another shakeout operation. So it was... Everything you could have possibly needed to know to have success today on either side of the tape. Stocks on the move today. We had three on the board. Two jumped their target, meaning they opened actually below everything. That was when the market was melting down as the opening bell approached. The numbers got skewed. Everything opened below. And therefore, there were no trades today from stocks on the move. However, I do want to show you the chart of NVIDIA because it's very interesting couple of things on NVIDIA. So these are the numbers that were on the board. It opened below all of them, so there was no trade. But look at the high in the first candle of the day. 441.79 against 441.95. They failed. They tried to recapture it. They did. Where was the high of day? Right around the first number. And then they came back. Just goes to show you that even if below or above, no matter what, it's not support or resistance, they're important numbers, and they become support or resistance depending on whether price is above or below. But wait, there's more. We always have some traders in the live room interested in trading NVIDIA, so we were watching it and they wanted additional numbers. Where is the number? Where can we buy NVIDIA? Where is support? That was a number I gave them. They actually went a little bit lower, spiked 425 but we had traders that took that rip, roar, and rocket ride away from 426, 425. Nice trade. It pays to be in the live room. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about some relative strength today? Finished up 1%, was up a lot more earlier. However, relative strength, my favorite market leading indicator. We have to put this as a puzzle piece on the table. What did they do on the daily chart? They ran a test of a breakdown candle high. They spiked it, pulled back. First time 
best time. Have you ever heard that before? Where have you heard that before? How many times have you heard this? Same stuff happens over and over. It's like a rinse and repeat situation. Write this down, put it on a sticky note. The IWM will be okay shape, in okay shape, as long as they stay above 172.50. Close candles above here. We've been talking about that. That promotes another leg higher. It's still an active head and shoulders pattern, unlike the SPY or SPX or ES. However, the target is down at 164. There's no guarantee they have to get there. This is a bounce in a downtrend, nothing more, nothing less. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? Relative strength against the S&P. My two favorite market leading indicators, relative strength today. It's a bounce in a downtrend till they get above the convergence of these moving averages. These moving averages will be magnetic and draw price in. 15,340, give or take, will be overhead resistance right into the convergence of these moving averages, 15,350, in that neighborhood. Get above is the bull case because we can't lose sight of this. This is a pullback, a potential pullback with another up leg. We don't know, but that is a potential. We treat each chart independent of one another. The Q people... Down about a third of a percent today. It's a rounding error. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. On this daily chart, as long as they stay above the convergence of moving averages, which is the 150 period moving average, they're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend. You know the rest. Here's an example in terms of the XLF of how the convergence of moving averages will draw price in and also be overhead resistance. 100, 200 period moving average, spiked it today, pulled back from it, garden variety market behavior. What's more important? This breakdown candle high. The high is 33.69. What's today's close? Closing price, 33.72. Close above. Any accidents or coincidences? Most likely not. As long as they can stay above and it wasn't just a one-day wonder, they should try again to push into those moving averages and at least get to the 50 or above. Smash Mouth, slightly different position. Semis got hit today. You look at the weekly chart and they've got a bearish, wedgish type of situation going on underneath the 20-period moving average. The inability so far to recapture the 20-period moving average recapture it on weekly close that's a positive have yet to do it we have to wait till friday to find out this is a bearish pattern until or unless they can close above and stay above putting them in the most bullish position above all the moving averages where yes once again the trend is your friend once again today we had a talk of the town with the yields bond prices all that stuff so i figured we would go over some of the yield charts one more time here's the two-year yield, and this is the work I've done previously. They never got to the number, but they're still working on it. 5.282 was my number. They got close today. They haven't hit it yet. If they get above, the next place I have from a bigger picture perspective is 5.65. This is the two-year treasury bond or the yield. This is a big yield in comparison to recent history over the last couple of decades which is why it becomes the talk of the town. The five-year got to my price originally, pulled back a little bit, back above my price, closed above it today. This is a longer-term place. They have to close the week at minimum above it. 
The next logical place is the big fat round number of 5%. Maybe they spike it, maybe they hit it on the button, but 5% should draw price in. 10-year yield, still haven't hit my number yet. They came close here. They haven't hit it yet. 4.954 is the next number, but it's close to the big fat round number of 5%. Also, 5% is magnetic to the market. Spike it, hit it on the nose, but they should hit 5% as long as they get above my 489 number. 30-year bond, 5%, basically. So why would you buy a 30-year bond when you can get 5% or more than 5% on a two-year bond? Therein lies some of the problems. We're not going to get into the whole inverted yield curve discussion and all that stuff. However, you could see it with your own two eyes. There's an anomaly. It's not normal. And the whole inverted yield curve really doesn't have anything to do with the 30-year bond. I'm just mentioning it. Twos against tens, twos against fives, all that stuff. That's an inverted yield curve. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.